Kia orana and welcome to Champions of the Pacific, where we celebrate the very best of Pacific Island sport. I'm Tali Anderson. And I'm Vinnie Wiley. Today, an 11-year-old with the rugby world at her feet is on a recruitment drive to get more girls involved in New Zealand's national sport. And a Cook Islands sporting icon reflects on her journey from teenage tennis star to New Zealand netball legend. Bria Apuula has been playing rugby since she was six years old and dreams of one day playing alongside her favourite players in the world champion Black Ferns, New Zealand's national women's team. Now normally when Blair takes the field on a Saturday morning, the 11-year-old is one of maybe one or two girls in her team. But last year she decided to change that and delivered a speech at school encouraging more girls to join in and play the sport she loves. Richie McCaw, Dan Carter, Ailey Sevier, what comes to mind when you hear those names? Probably Rugby and All Blacks. What about Leslie Ketu, Marcel Parks and Kendra Coxedge? Chances are you're not sure what those three names have in common because women's rugby isn't as popular as men's rugby yet. But Blair's call to arms is working. Now she's one of five girls in the Stokes Valley Under-11s team. So we headed along to a training session and surprised her with a visit from her favourite Black Ferns player, Monica Tangawai. We just listened to your awesome speech you did for school last year. Tell me a little bit about it. At my old sports St. Ben's, we would always do a speech every year. And last year I wrote about women's rugby and what it's like for a girl to play rugby. What were some of the key messages you wanted to send to your classmates and why? That it's not that scary and it's heaps of fun and more girls should play rugby. Have more girls joined your team since you wrote that speech? Yes. Last year there were four girls and this year there's five and I'm very proud. (laughs) You mentioned a lot of us Kiwis are born in rugby net homes. What's the first memory you have of playing rugby? Uh, I started playing when I was six and then when I saw Taka Rugby I started playing that and it was heaps of fun. What does rugby mean to you? It means everything to me. What do you like about it? Um, I like my teammates and training with my team. You mentioned that you want to be a Blackfern one day. What do you think it takes to be a Blackfern? A lot of practice and hard work. <laughs> There's been a lot of talk lately about women's rugby being semi-professional, which means you know they're not receiving the same pay, even though they're working and training like full-time professional athletes. And on top of that, they've got careers outside of the sport. What do you think of that? Mm, not really fair because, like, you know, they're one of the top successful teams in the world and they're only semi-professionals, not, like, professionals. <laughs> but um, it would be great if they can be full-time, like, rugby players like the men. For parents who are worried that their daughters might get hurt or for girls who might feel a little afraid that they might get hurt as well, what do you want to tell them? At our rugby club there's tackle clinics where you, where they can teach you tackling and how to tackle safely. We're here with Black Ferns player Monica Tangawai. Uh, what did you make of Blair's speech today? I thought that speech that she'd done was really amazing. I'm so inspiring for an 11-year-old girl um, to be talking about herself playing a sport that's male-dominant. And for me, um, it tells a lot for us girls who are playing right now, who battle each day with um, being recognised by the the community. 
of rag, uh, about rugby because usually it is a male dominant sport and for me doing something right um, for Blair to be able to have the confidence to you know speak about herself in this position of rugby. What does it mean to you to see girls like Blair looking up to you guys um, you know with, with the goal of one day being a black fern player? I, I feel honoured, um, I feel really inspired that someone her age, um, young girls are watching us because um, usually we don't really get recognised that that sort of way, but for her to be able to do that um, and to acknowledge us um, makes us really happy and um, makes us really proud of playing rugby for, for them and just create a pathway for them in the future. What advice would you give to Blair and all the other young girls who you know, see themselves representing New Zealand one day? Uh, my advice for Blair would be just to keep going, break those stereotypes, don't be afraid of the challenge and keep enjoying it, you know, um, one foot in and keep striving for the best, so yeah. My dream is to become a black friend one day and I will keep trying my best just to do that. I am glad I can see a pathway to get there. Thank you for listening to my speech. And girls, come on, give it a go. Join the two girls at St Ben's that play rugby. I've got to say, Tyler, attending that training session, I was starting to feel a little bit guilty, a little bit lazy, really, watching them do those <laughs> shuttle runs. Uh, I was I was almost getting a bit of a sweat up watching them sweat. You know what else I thought was cool? Was that Blair's, a lot of Blair's family members are actually rugby league internationals. She's She's gone ahead and taken on the rugby field, so... Yeah, good on her. Watch out for her in the years to come. An unsuccessful attempt at becoming a professional tennis player was probably one of the best things that happened to Silver Fern's netball legend Margaret Martinger. The Cook Islands-born shooter was recently back in New Zealand to attend the funeral of her former Ferns teammate, Marg Forsyth, which brought back a lot of memories for the 65-year-old, who first arrived in Auckland as a 17-year-old, intent on becoming a professional tennis player. But after a couple of months, everything fell by the wayside when she didn't hear from tennis officials. Margaret Martinger told Bridget Tunnicliffe that returning to Rarotonga wasn't an option. And my dad uh, came over to Auckland to go with the um, Cook Islands um, Commonwealth Games team to Christchurch. He was the manager at the time. Um, so, And I was at my auntie and uncle's home um, doing nothing. So, um, so he was so upset. And of course, um, it, was a, it would have been embarrassing for us if I had to come back with him uh, with yeah. nothing. Well, especially with those newspaper headlines. A lot, oh, of, a lot of pressure. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and especially our people, you know. They had high hopes for me, but then if I had come back, it would have been disappointment and would have been embarrassing for both of us. For my family, you know, for my my dad and mum. So <clears throat> the next plan was to to send me to Wellington to stay with my one of my siblings. Lo and behold, I got there just in time for the netball season. Um, 19, of course, 1974. Yeah, 74. 19, 1974. Mm. Yeah. So she took me along to the first. Uh, netball trials and of course cold and yucky you know me coming from from beautiful Rarotonga warm oh it didn't appeal to me but I went along and trialed and I got into the um into the top team for the Pacific Island Churches Mm. team club yeah um they were mostly Samoans and uh there were some Pakehas and a few Rarotongans 
my sister and cousins and all. Um, so I got into that team. And at the time, they were only second grade, not in the prems. Everybody played together up at high Tai Tai courts. Um, so I think it, it just took off from there. Up until that point, how serious had you actually been about netball? At the start, I wasn't. Until I played and watched all these New Zealand silver ferns, I was just watching all these top players in Wellington in the in the prem side, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, you know, we need our team needs to get into that level. Um, so we we won the competitions for the second grade. The first first year we won it, and then the second year we won, we played the relegation promotion game. And of course, Bridget, we started winning the competition of the prem, the premiers from from then on. And of course, I started getting quite serious then about it. Although I kept ringing my dad and saying, "Look, dad, I'm I'm playing netball at the moment, and I'm really enjoying it, and I think I think I can make it to the top." And uh, and he says, "Oh, what about our tennis?" Mm. <laughs> and I said, "Oh, Dad, I, I I think I'm enjoying this a bit more than than the tennis." He says, "Look, you know, still try your tennis." And of course, I I listen. I always listen to my dad, and he's never wrong. So I played tennis, uh, and I went along and played at the Wellington courts. And of course, while all the pros were away and all the top tennis players were away, I made it into the Wellington side just for one year. Um, so we went away and played. And, uh, of course, I wasn't good enough for them because I didn't have the, the the coaching that I really needed. So I came back and went back into my netball. And I thought, oh, this is really good. I'm really enjoying this. And I'm meeting a lot of people. And, um, and I think this is the one for me, which is netball. So we, I made the, um, the Wellington under-20 team the first year in 1974. And then, of course, the following year, I made it into the Wellington side. And then 75, Lois spotted me at one of the tournaments. And I got my first trial for, for New Zealand mm. in 1975. When I attended the trials uh, with all these girls from all, 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 all the provincial sides um, they looked so good to me and and I thought oh I'm not going to make this but anyway I I played and my dad surprised me uh he he arrived he came and watched me at the trials oh really so um mm. yes he did because he said <laughs> keeping a watchful eye the side. Yeah. <laughs> he said you're gonna get into this side so I played and um then the team got announced that at that time they were going to the world champs in Auckland in 75. Um, so for me, I already suspected that Lois had her team, you know, she'd had the team. She was just having some trials to see if there were any uh, new talent around. So she had a core group. So um, it was funny, Bridget, I was sitting, we had the nationals also after the, the Nationals, we came and watched one of the games that New Zealand played in Auckland um, courts. And I was sitting in the stand. It was a stand. It was quite funny. Some of the crowd was behind me. They didn't realize that was sit me sitting in front of them. And they said, oh, just wait, just wait. When that island girl comes in, New Zealand's going to win. <laughs> really? <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> that was really funny. And, and I just cringed. You know, I cringed in my seat and, um, and just watched. But, of course, the island girl didn't show up because she was not in the team. She was just a non-traveling reserve. 
And of course, being named as a non-traveling reserve was was uh, enough achievement for me at the time. But you know, my dad, we sat down and he said to me, "You you needed to get in that tent." And I said, "That's okay, Dad. I, one day I will get in." And he says, "What about our tennis?" You know, that was the second time he asked me that. Uh, unfortunately, there was no um, Silver Ferns team in 76 and 77. Well, you know, Bridget, those days. Yeah, the, the international tests, we were quite few and far between. That's mm. correct. So from, from 74 till before uh, 78, yes, I, I set a target and I, and I set a goal and I thought, no, I, I need to get into this side. So um, so I went along and um, I was very confident. So when the team was announced, I, I was very happy about that. Mm. You were 22 and you became the first Cook Islander and the first Pacific Islander to play for the Silver Ferns. You and your family must have been so proud of that. Over the moon, Bridget. I, I rang my dad straight away. So I rang him and I said, hey, Dad, um, we've just had trials. And he says, yeah. He said, oh, well, I made it. And he said, oh, good, very good. Uh, what about our tennis? Bridget, that was the third time. <laughs> that was the third time yeah. I said. Enough I said, already Dad. with the tennis. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, I'm 22 now. Uh, let's, let's just forget about maybe your grandchildren will, will, uh, will do that. So anyway, he was very, very happy. And, of course, my mum was, was so happy, yeah. Margaret Martinger went on to represent New Zealand at three Netball World Championships. Her crowning glory was the Silver Ferns' famous 1987 World Champs victory in Glasgow. In 1989, Margaret and her family moved back to the Cook Islands, where she became player coach of the national team and later became president of the Cook Islands Netball Association. And if you want to hear more from champions of the Pacific like Margaret Martinger, you can find us online at rnz.co.nz and click on the Pacific tab or we broadcast into the region on RNZ Pacific and RNZ National. You can also download us from Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you find your favourite podcasts. Be sure to tune in next week when we begin our look back at some of the Pacific's first ever Olympians. Until then, look at you. Ka kite.